Welcome to the BizTimes MKE podcast and another episode of Weekly Debrief. I'm Arthur Thomas, Managing Editor at BizTimes Media, and I'm joined on this week's episode, as always, by BizTimes Editor Andrew Wyland. Andrew, how are you doing? Very well, thank you. Any updates from the world of Muskego football for us? It's it's homecoming. It's homecoming. Uh, I am record. We are recording this Friday, and this uh, it's, it's so tonight is the homecoming game. Homecoming dance is tomorrow, and I have a, my my son is a junior, and he's on the football team. Well, he got injured in practice this week, so he won't suit up tonight. He got bruised ribs, but it's a big game in Muskego uh, against Arrowhead. Uh, I live in Muskego, so it's Muskego's homecoming. So a lot going on with my son. So that's pretty exciting. Big big game for Wisconsin high school football. He's a highly ranked team, so it should be fun. And I'm yeah. I'm doing chain gangs, so I'm gonna have a great. I'm gonna have a literally a front row seat. I'll be the guy. I'll be. I don't know. I'm not sure what my duty will be, but I'll be on the chain gangs. But I'll be right there on the sideline. Sounds good. We'll have to look for you on the highlights. So. Yeah, well, let's dive in uh, to our insider story spotlight. This is a chance for us to highlight some of the stories that were available only to BizTimes insiders this week. If you are already an insider, thank you very much. We really do appreciate that support. It helps make our work possible. If you're not an insider, please consider subscribing. Um, insiders get access to all of our lock stories along with discounted admission to some of our events and other benefits. So, Go to biztimes.com, click on the subscribe button at the top of the page, and the equivalent of $9 a month gets you access. Please do consider that. Andrew, what is your insider story spotlight this week? So the Wisconsin Policy Forum had an interesting report out about the growth of property values in the state of Wisconsin. And what stood out to me the most, and we made a big deal out of uh, an insider story this week, is the fact that for the first time, Dane County now exceeds Milwaukee County in total property value, um, which is an interesting passing of the baton from the largest state in Wisconsin and the traditional center of the Wisconsin business world to the state capital and the home of the University of Wisconsin's flagship campus. And of course, Dane County is geographically larger than Milwaukee County by quite a bit, actually. So it's not an apples to apples comparison, but nevertheless, it shows you how Madison has really been growing rapidly. I mean, it is the most significant growing area in the state of Wisconsin. Um, and Milwaukee's growth has been stagnant for some time. And uh, so I think that's just one more sign of that. Yeah, certainly. I mean, we've seen that, that population growth, seen lots of, I think, um, housing growth, especially the, if I'm not mistaken, kind of the Western um, side of the city and, and Western communities surrounding it. I've um, seen a lot yeah. of growth. So yep. not shocking, like you said, especially given the, the geographic difference. Um, but, and folks should keep an eye out uh, in our October 10th issue, we'll have um, a little more detail on that report and digging into some of the numbers related to manufacturing property values. Um, and comparing some of the southeastern Wisconsin counties. So keep an eye out for that. Another item um, from our um, magazine is what I'm highlighting this week for my Insider Story Spotlight. And actually, it's it's three items. 
Um, we had a special report on entrepreneurship in our latest issue, and Meredith Meyer did a great story about um, a local business, business um, Tall Guy and the Grill Catering, uh, which is owned by and run by Dan Nowak, um, and kind of uh, the, the journey they've been on over the last year, July 4th of 2021. Um, their owner got woken up to, you know, police talking about a fire at his business. And, um, basically the story Meredith wrote kind of chronicles, um, the path forward from there and, and some of the growth that they've had coming out of that challenge. Um, and so it's a really interesting story of just how, I mean, it's just one business, but, you know, it's a story of, um, a business kind of rebounding from, from a challenge and, uh, finding their way forward. Two other items we had in that issue that also spotlighted some of the challenges and and difficulties of being an entrepreneur. Um, One, our feature called a briefcase, where we uh, get responses from area executives to a single question. Um, And that one focused on um, basically how do you, when you start a new business, when you have a startup or a new venture, how do you convince people to come join you? Um, You know, you're trying to hire you don't have the resources that a big company has to to attract someone away with wages or or things like that. And certainly it's a risky thing to leave maybe the security of a corporate job and join a startup. Um, so with local executives chiming in on that. And then our Biz Compass feature, um, which similarly kind of asks business leaders about a single question, um, went and took a look at, you know, what is the most challenging aspect of being an entrepreneur? Um, and got some responses on that front. So please do check those out. That's um, um, one of the, the the nice things about having our magazines. We get to go a little deeper on topics and um, share more with our readers. So all interesting stuff. We're, we're always, of course, covering entrepreneurs, but this this issue, our, our most recent, our, our September 26th issue, has a special focus on entrepreneurs and and especially because that's our Future 50 issue where we uh, we just had this week our Future 50 event, recognizing the 50 fastest growing privately held businesses in southeastern Wisconsin. They're all profiled in this publication. And uh, and we have a cover story on the very fastest of them all uh, of that group. So fastest growing of them all. So, um, yeah, a lot of great stories about about uh, fantastic entrepreneurs in southeastern Wisconsin in uh, in our latest issue. Mm-hmm, certainly. Well, let's shift gears to our big story of the week. And um, it's a topic I think we've addressed a few different times on the podcast, um, the continuing, um, I guess, debate, um, saga. Um, yeah. Uh, what, what exactly to call it, but the hot story um, in town. The hot story in town around um, the potential for a new music venue um, from FPC Live, a Madison-based um, organization that's a uh, subsidiary of, of Frank Productions, which itself is owned by um, the national giant Live Nation, um, which kind of figures into the story and, and the controversy around it. Um, but FPC Live has plans for a new music venue um that would have basically two different concert areas in it one a was it a 4000 seat um area and one an 800 seat area 
This will be located at the uh, former Bradley Center site in the Deer District. Um, you may recall that's the that's the that's the capacity. It's like a mix of standing yeah. areas and seating. So okay, I would say seat. I would say capacity. Seat is a bit of a misnomer. Capacity, yeah, is yeah. the right word seating, there. But it's a, uh, I think it's majority standing, but there's a substantial amount of seating. But it's, yeah, it's a mix. So you may recall that there was a proposal for something very similar that would have been located in the third ward um, on just outside the Summerfest grounds. And that ran into some neighborhood opposition and um, was kind of withdrawn. And then not too long after uh, it emerged, you know, with this new site um, at the former Bradley center um, site. Um, And at the same time, there's a separate proposal from a different group for a music venue um, at what's going to be called the Iron District, which is on um, a property just to the northeast of the Marquette Interchange. Um, so two different proposals for two new music venues. The news this week was that FPC Live and that project got its initial um, approvals uh, at the government level uh, from the Plan Commission. So kind of skid through um, on a close vote. Um, and after a long, long hearing, Karis Bodo was there covering it for us and, and had a bit of a late night. Um, four, four hour long meeting. That was four hour long meeting. I think, uh, we weren't quite anticipating maybe that, but, uh, she stuck it out and, uh, had a great story on that that we'll link to. And then news today, Friday, that FPC Live is, uh, has struck a deal with the Milwaukee Symphony Orchestra to hold shows of some sort. I think you said there's not a lot of details yet on exactly what it might be, um, but shows at the new Bradley Symphony Center. Um, so that's uh, another interesting bit of news and another wrinkle um, to this story. So um, lots lots in there, Andrew. Yeah, well, you know, certainly FPC Live is shaking up the Milwaukee concert uh industry uh not only do they have this the proposal in the deer district at the former Bradley center site that you mentioned which is getting a lot of pushback from existing concert venue operators peps theater group the rave um cactus club shank hall they have all made it clear that they feel that this is very threatening to their business and and they've made it clear that they feel that, you know, I think a lot of people hear, okay, a new business is coming into town and the existing businesses are complaining. Well, hey, that's that's business. You know, it's you got to compete. Uh, that's capitalism. That's the free market. But what the opponents of this project are saying is they're saying Live Nation is such a huge company. I mean, it owns Ticketmaster. They, they, so they control venues, they control ticketing, they control concerts, tours, artists. You know, they have so much control over the industry that they'll be able to direct so many artists to their, their venues and that they'll be at the detriment of existing venues. And the existing venues are saying, hey, we, just, we can't compete. It's not fair. They're a monopoly, basically, and this, this is not a fair competition. That's that's the argument on the thing. So, and that's why there was a four-hour meeting at the Planning Commission because a lot of these 
opponents spoke up and there was a lot of discussion obviously about it, but you know, the plan commission doesn't consider the, the, these kinds of issues. The plan commission is, it's not their job to worry about monopolies or to protect uh, incumbent uh, businesses. I think that was a statement Alderman Bauman had made. Um, you know, they're supposed to look at land use, basically. Is this an appropriate land use? And, you know, I, I think there are a lot of issues with the site because it's, you know, the old former Bradley Center was basically given to the Milwaukee Bucks to develop basically for free. And so there's people feel like, you know, they, the development they do should be, you know, beneficial to the community. But it's an entertainment district is what you have there. You know, it's an, you have the arena and restaurants, and it's an entertainment district. And mm-hmm. I, I find it very difficult to argue, you know, as, as far as a land use question, and that's what the city looks at, that, that, that that's somehow inappropriate. So, uh, and I, I've I've said so, you know, in, in an editorial I wrote. Um, so you got that happening, and that review process continues. It's not done. They just cleared one of one, one hurdle. They still have to go to another committee. They still have to do a full common council. Um, and then you've got, I think, surprisingly to see FPC not only doing that, but now they've struck a deal with the symphony to bring uh, concerts to the Bradley Symphony Center, which is, of course, a former movie theater from the 30s, uh, you know, built in the movie palace era. So it's a you know, restoring that and converting it into a symphony hall. It's an absolutely beautiful facility. It's just, it's just gorgeous. It's, it's, it's spectacular. Um, it's kind of a funny thing to picture as a place for a rock concert or something. So I guess it'll be interesting to see what, you know, it's wonderful for a symphony show. How is it? And the acoustics are good. MSO says it'll be interesting to see what kind of shows um, are brought in there. But again, that's you know a, a similar size venue to Paps Theater and, and, and Riverside Theater, and you know you know not as big as um, Miller High Life Theater, formerly known as the Milwaukee Theater. Um, but all these venues and, and their operators see this stuff happening and are obviously very concerned about how the the marketplace is affected and how the downtown concert pie is getting sliced up. And to have a competitor owned by Live Nation coming in and what that's going to do. Um, so so now you've got FPC slash Live Nation not only planning to build facilities in the Deer District, now they're going to be involved in the Bradley Symphony Center, giving them one more foothold in this marketplace and really shaking things up in a big way. Yeah, I think, I mean, I am kind of sympathetic to the idea that you know if it's gonna be in on that former bradley center site that so much public money went into creating the deer district and making it what mm-hmm. it is certainly you know private money as well but so much public money went into that yep that it's worth some additional level of consideration of um you know is this what we want to support as a city um, now, you know, whether there's actual legal grounds to do that and, you know, can you put the things if, well, you know, let's just say that the common council decided they wanted to block this. 
well, can you find the things in the record? Can you put the things in the, the public record and discussion that actually justify it? Or are you going to end up yeah. in court, you know, fighting over it? That's, that's the question. I mean, you see this at plan commissions all over the, the region. I mean, uh, I think I've seen, remember at least three or four different cases of the city of Delafield plan commission ending up in court over blocking something um, that didn't necessarily have the right, you know, legal reasoning behind their decision. Right. They just didn't um, want it. They just didn't you want just don't it. want it. And so they voted against it. And they didn't have it. Then you end up in court mm-hmm. and, and you, you know, there's time and money wasted and all that thing. Um, so, you know, I guess my point being, you know, I can understand giving it some closer review because, hey, public money went into doing this. Um, at the same time, you know, when we think about how much of a renaissance, everyone always talks about the, the Milwaukee renaissance and the downtown renaissance. It shouldn't be surprising that with all of that improvement and growth over the last, call it last decade, um, that what's the one of the things that, you know, it's part of a downtown, well, music and, and concerts and, and that kind of live entertainment. So it shouldn't be surprising that someone, in this case, actually multiple groups now, uh, see an opportunity to, you know, up the game, up the level, um, for that market in, in Milwaukee. So in some ways, you know, it's, it's exciting that someone that that's being invested in that someone sees a business opportunity there, um, to take things to another level. Right. Because, you know, you, you mentioned the other group, Paps Theater Group is a partner in, well, well, you mentioned the Iron District. Um, mm-hmm. that's where Pabst Theater Group, um, would be co, uh, managing a concert facility, um, similar in size to the, the one planned, at least the, the larger of the two venues planned in the Deer District by FPC Live. Um, uh, they would be, Pabst Theater Group would be co managing that with a, um, another big national player, um, and, and, and you know, I, I guess that's a move by Pap Theater Group, maybe to try to head off FPC Live and yeah. say, "Well, we'll get in on a new venue before they do." But it's it seems like the FPC Live project, if it can get approval, it's likely to get built first, and 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 they're going to be the ones that strike the first blow to really shake the market up. Um, you know, the other thing about okay, um, you know, consider you know, looking at the public. Uh, subsidy to everything you know that, that has created the Deer District and Pfizer Forum and all that, and, and giving it additional review. You know the opponents of this this concert venue development are saying, you know, what would be better at the former Bradley Center site would be a huge convention hotel. We're expanding the convention center in Milwaukee, and and, and we need sort of a a huge you know anchor convention hotel. Uh, beyond what is already exists downtown well first of all that site is huge i mean you you build this fpc live facility there's me plenty of room still, for additional yeah. development you could you could certainly put a hotel there still so this does not preclude a hotel going there and there, there's there's lots of land still to be developed there but secondly okay well if we say we don't want concert venues we want a hotel instead well all right that's a whole nother industry that sees a competitor come in and, and you know, what's Marcus going to say? And you know, any other hotel operators downtown could say, well, wait, that's not fair. They're going to come compete with us. So 
matter what you put there, whether it's residential or retail or entertainment or hotel, uh, it competes with existing things uh, downtown. So obviously you want to see something that complements and, and, and makes downtown a better place. But like you say, one of the biggest and most important things about downtown, we talk about live, work, play. Well, the play element includes concerts in a big way. So, you know, this is an opportunity, I think, for Milwaukee to up its game, have the best of the best in in, in the concert industry come in here and create. And really, when you look at the renderings, they're very impressive. I mean, this looks like it's going to be a very cool facility. Um, so I, I think people should be excited about this. Um, the existing venues, understandably, are concerned, but... It's like anything in in, in business, you've got to deal with competitors and you you simply got to up your game to survive. And if they really want to argue that Live Nation is a monopoly that is an unfair competitor, then they need to, you know, this needs to be challenged as an antitrust issue in Washington, not as a local zoning issue. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That's a whole nother can of worms. Yeah, Um, it is. And I mean, there have been, I mean, there have been people in Congress who have, uh, who have filed this, you know, have asked the Biden administration to take on Live Nation. I don't know that anything's happened with that, but I mean, it's not like this hasn't come up. Mm-hmm. So to me, though, that, that is another can of worms. You're right. But to me, that would be, if you want to deal with Live Nation, that's where you deal with it, not, you know, a local zoning thing that just seems, um, just not an appropriate, way to way to deal with this yeah you think of hotels uh fourth and wisconsin is still out there as a as an option um yeah directly hotel possibilities directly across from the convention center has long been eyed as as a place for a flagship convention hotel in downtown and it's that remains an embarrassing an embarrassingly undeveloped site it's just incredible how that still is not developed but I, I know that the Bucks' plans for the Deer District have, they have long said they'd like to have two, two hotels in the Deer District. One is under construction right now, north of uh, the Bradley Center. We've been reporting on the restaurant plans there recently. And they have, they have said in the past that they would like another hotel to the south, which would be this, the Bradley Center site. So I wouldn't be surprised if they're still hoping to, to do that at some point. Um, on that site, but there's no reason you can't have that and concert venues on that block. It's 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 a big block. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll we'll wrap it up here pretty quickly, but um, get a prediction out of you, Andrew. Uh, how do you think this FBC Live thing will end up playing out? Think it's going to ultimately get its approvals? Yeah, I, I think so. I, I think so. Um, you know, and again, I think for the reasons that. Despite the concerns expressed locally, at the end of the day, I think it's very hard to to turn down a development and for, for the purpose of essentially protecting existing business. That is not the role of you know city government. So I think this will be approved. I, I think the other thing, you know, the city, like you see with a lot of projects that get pushed back, whether it's from neighbors or it's from, um, you know, competing businesses, it's very difficult 
for the city to really turn down development. They, they, they don't often do it. And the only time it really becomes an issue is if you have something that's really creating a dramatic problem in a neighborhood or there's a subsidy that is requested by the developer that is just too high for the city to feel that they can bear it. You know, they want a tip mm-hmm. request and it's too high. There is no subsidy requested here for this, you know, no, no direct subsidy for this particular project. And it's, again, it's a completely appropriate use in an entertainment district. So a, a, a city that really needs to grow its tax base and to see development occur, um, they're unlikely to turn down something like this. So I predict it's approved. All righty. Well, we will continue to follow it. See if your prediction is true. <laughs> uh, check out biztimes.com for more. And until next week, Andrew, thanks for joining me this week on the BizTimes MKE podcast, the weekly debrief. All right. This is Dan Meyer with BizTimes Media. You've been listening to the BizTimes MKE podcast. For more business news and insights, be sure to go to biztimes.com and subscribe to any of our daily e-newsletters and our magazine, BizTimes Milwaukee.